This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether they fill a need or just add talent, fit will go a long way in whether a transfer is successful at their new school. It is Friday, May 19th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. College football and recruiting fans spend so much time focusing on where a transfer might end up. Then once that player commits to a school, the attention transfers over to the next uncommitted guy. Well, on today's episode, instead of focusing on intel and discussing where a player might go, we are going to focus on committed players and how they fit at these new schools. Joining me to do so is 24-7 Sports National College football writer and transfer portal extraordinaire Chris Hummer. Chris, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. Anytime. So, Chris, before we start, just quickly looking back on the second transfer portal window that's now closed and has been for the last couple of weeks, how did it compare to how you thought it would be when it comes to the amount of entrance as well as the quality of those who ultimately ended up putting their names in? The amount of entrance was pretty much on par with what I expected. I thought we'd see well over a thousand kids enter during that window, and that's what's happened. I think the quality is where we've fallen short a little bit. I think the expectation from just talking to people across the FBS was there would be a lot of um, lower caliber players who are cut, but there would also be some upper tier power five starters who would enter the portal and really help fill in some holes and depth charts for needy teams. We've seen a much more limited market in terms of impact players than we really expected. There have been some really good players, don't get me wrong, and we're going to talk about a few of those in a minute. But I think overall, like a lot of teams have been disappointed by the amount of players who have ultimately entered. And I think a lot of that has had to do with schools being more aggressive, locking their players up um, through name, image, and likeness deals. Yeah. So like you said, while there have been some big names who have entered, maybe not necessarily the number of big names that was originally expected, but let's start looking at fits. And let's begin with running back Alton McCaskill, who recently committed to Coach Prime in Colorado after playing for Houston last season. His recruitment, I think, maybe dragged out a little bit longer than a lot of people expected. I know once he entered the portal, he put in a crystal ball to the Buffaloes, um, and he ultimately ended up going there. But Colorado needed help at the position. Obviously, they need bodies, too, with the complete roster turnover that's happening in Boulder. So with McCaskill now at Colorado, how do you think he fits in Sean Lewis's offensive system with the Buffaloes? I mean... Specifically in the system, Sean Lewis has had some really productive running backs in his time. And I think Alden Costco slides right in as an impact starter. And Colorado did not have an impact rushing attack last year. Um, they didn't have a single rusher go over 400 yards um, from scrimmage. Um, Alton McCaskill, he missed last year with an ACL injury, but as a true freshman, he ran for almost 1,000 yards, set a Houston single-season record with 16 touchdowns. So this is a really productive um, power five-level back. And I think it gives Colorado a really interesting set of skill weapons to put around Shadur Sanders, almost all of which have come via the transfer portal. I think for uh, Alton McCaskill specifically, the question is, how healthy is he going to be? 
I think talking to people around the Houston program, he hadn't 100% gained the pop he had as a true freshman. But that's normal when you talk about an ACL recovery. He's about at the year point. It sometimes takes people a little bit longer to get there. So we'll see how he looks like in the fall. And more importantly, like does Colorado have the offensive line to make him look decent? I don't know about that element of that. Colorado's had a lot of transfer portal successes, but not necessarily along the lines of scrimmage. So that's going to be a determining factor. But when you just talk about a important skill piece and somebody who makes your quarterback's life easier, Alden McCaskill is the definition of that. Yeah, and you said a lot of Colorado skill position players alongside Shader Sanders have come via the transfer portal. Frankly, most of Colorado's roster has come via has come via the transfer portal. So you can really pick any position and say the majority of those players have come via the portal this offseason as, like I said, Deion Sanders is just completely turning over that roster. Not 100%, but very, very close to. We're, close to, we're closer to 100% than previous first-year head coaches over the last couple of years. Let's stick with running back and talk about Logan Diggs, formerly with Notre Dame, now heads back home to Louisiana to play for LSU. Brian Kelly initially recruited Diggs to South Bend when he was the coach of the Irish, so the relationship is, is obviously there from the start. But at the same time, look, LSU's running back room wasn't necessarily in dire need of another body like, let's say, Colorado's was bringing in McCaskill. So now that Diggs is a Tiger, how does he fit in Baton Rouge and in that offensive system? I I agree with you. It wasn't in dire need. I think there are a lot of quality backs in LSU's room. And it's a really intriguing room, especially if you're like a former recruiting guy. You've got former like elite names like Noah Kane and Emery. John Emery in that room, John Emery being a former five-star. But I think what everybody on that roster has lacked is consistency. Um, Josh Williams was really good last year, but he was just a solid back. I think the hope bringing in Logan Diggs is you elevate the ceiling of that room a little bit. Logan Diggs was ultra productive at Notre Dame last year and for 820 yards and four touchdowns. Um, He brings a little pop to the table. Um, and a little consistency that LSU's really missed. I don't necessarily think Logan Diggs, like Logan Diggs was also considering South Carolina. Had Logan Diggs gone to South Carolina, he would have been the unquestioned feature back. At LSU, I think he'll be more of a um, significant contributor to a rotation. But LSU, Jaden Daniels led LSU in rushing last year for a reason. Like it's because in a lot of ways, that's what Jaden Daniels is good at, but also because LSU didn't really have the backs to run the offense the way uh, maybe they would have liked to. And bringing in Logan Diggs, somebody who can carry the load, has proven experience with what Brian Kelly likes to do. And somebody, frankly, who has been consistent in his career on the field, something that those like John Manry and Noah Kane have not been. I think it really elevates the offense. And it's a luxury piece for LSU, a team that I think is easily a top eight team going into 2023 and has legitimate national title hopes. And when you're pushing towards that goal, bringing in Logan Diggs is a big boon because it really gives you another chess piece to kind of play on the board offensively. Yeah, it really does. You make a good point. As you said before, maybe they weren't in dire need, but they are in, in need of consistency at that position. And Logan Diggs, Logan Diggs, excuse me, brings that. And it will be intriguing to see how Brian Kelly and his offensive staff use uh, the plethora of running backs they have in that room and and how they kind of divvy up carries, as well as obviously let Jane Daniels continue to run the ball. Because like you said, that's something that he does very well. So we talked about the roster turnover happening at Colorado and to a lesser extent, roster turnover is happening at Auburn as, as Hugh freeze heads into his first season on the plains they picked up north texas transfer linebacker larry nixon now nixon has a lot of experience and a lot of production at the group of five level how do you think he translates to auburn and now the power five sec level in ron roberts defense at auburn well auburn needed to replace Owen papo um who is one of the best linebackers in the sec the last couple of years former five-star recruit himself 
And they have brought in several linebackers via the portal to address that position. I think Larry Nixon is certainly the most proven of that group. I don't know if Larry Nixon is necessarily a lock to start. I anticipate he'll compete with Cam Riley, who I believe started eight games for Auburn last year at the position for that starting role. But when you're a team like Auburn and you're trying to build up your depth chart again via the transfer portal, and you can bring in somebody as experienced and as productive as Larry Nixon, somebody who finished, I believe, fourth in Conference USA in total tackles last season, it's a big plus. Um, He's going to step in right away and at the least provide quality depth from the two deep. And at the best, like kind of look at it, he is going to be a really quality starter and the SEC. So I think it's a big win for Auburn and the transfer portal. They were going up against Miami that really wanted them. They were going up against West Virginia, a program that actually had Larry Nixon's original high school recruiter from North Texas on its staff. So they beat up two really aggressive teams in the transfer portal to do so. And I think Larry Nixon is going to be a a really helpful player for Auburn this year. So let's finish off these fits hitting on the back end of the defense. Alabama landed Louisiana transfer corner Trey Amos. This is an Alabama secondary that obviously lost a lot to the draft. They recently brought in Jalen Key from UAB at safety via the portal. So obviously trying to shore up the secondary as Nick Saban heads into the summer. Where does Amos fit at Alabama and what kind of impact can he make in Tuscaloosa? I'll just let Nick Saban say it. I'm going to read out a quick snippet of a quote he had this spring um, talking about the defensive backs. That's an area of our team. We desperately need to develop some depth and get some guys experience so they're more confident in terms of how to go out there and play and execute what we need them to do. Um, That is a tough thing to hear if you're an Alabama fan. Um, Nick Saban's baby is the defensive backfield, and that tells you Alabama's depth wasn't where it needed to be. Um, I think they have some top-end talent. At that position, you think of Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry and Arnold at cornerback, Malachi Moore as a nickel. That's experience enough. You really like what Caleb Downs brings as a true freshman. But Alabama's missed on some guys the last couple of years. Alabama's had some young defensive backs go in the portal, and they really need to sh- needed to shore up that position um, going into the season. And I think Trey Amos and Jalen Key, frankly, helped do that. I know you want to talk about Trey Amos uh, more. I think Jalen Key might be more important. Alabama doesn't return a single starting safety last year. They lost all three of them. If you count, they're starting Nickelback. And Jalen Key is stepping in at a position where really it's two young players who have a total of maybe like 100 college snaps are competing to start. So he is is a significant piece for depth and for experience purposes. Trey Amos, you could say the same thing because next to Kool-Aid and next to Terry on Arnold, Alabama has little to no experience in that position. And Trey Amos is a proven starter. Um, He is somebody that pretty much every cornerback needy team in the country wanted during the spring transfer portal window. And I think he goes a long way to shoring up depth at that position. I know this is about a best fits thing, but I would say it's a little concerning that Alabama had to go out and get two group of five DBs this late in the spring because it tells you they were not happy with that position. So that's something to track as we go into the season. If Alabama has injuries to somebody like Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry on Arnold, or Malachi Moore, or it could be a really long season for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, you can expect whether it's Amos or Key that both are going to make significant impacts at Alabama next season and both could be in for a lot of playing time uh, in that Crimson Tide defense. So a lot of transfers are available still with more and more committing each day ready to make an impact and fit in with their new programs. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, head on over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So thanks again for listening to the College Football Daily, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. 